Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today for Song of the Soul, we're welcoming a Chippewa Valley, Wisconsin native, Caleb Horn. Caleb grew up steeped in music, playing the piano, alto saxophone, guitar, mandolin, and more. Along the way, he got severely bitten by the bluegrass bug. He has played solo and in numerous configurations, including as part of the original Midwest Grass Band, Evergreen Grass Band, Thistledown, JFT Party Band, and The Woodland Spring. More than 20 years into his music career, he's never been in greater demand. He'll play his way into your bloodstream on his blazing mandolin as he joins us here in person in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It's great to have you here, Caleb, for Song of the Soul. I'm ready now, Mark, and thank you for continuing to ask me to do this interview. Yeah, when I first asked you, I don't know how many years ago it was actually, but I've watched your life go by on Facebook I think you got married in between. I mean, you know, I think you quit smoking in between. Who knows what job you switched? I don't know. So what's been going on for you? What's big in your life now? Currently big in my life is the busiest year of music that I've had to date. Continuing to make inroads at new venues and new connections with the music that I've been playing and working my day job as well. And as you said, I am married. I'm celebrating my first year of marriage. Our anniversary is in fact on Sunday, October 1st. So that's been a wonderful year. I have to say, as I said, my busiest year of music to date. How many groups have you played in? I know Evergreen, Grass Band, and I know something about Thistledown. Tell me about some more configurations. Those are two current bands that I play with. You mentioned, well, no, not Evergreen, Grass Band. Sorry, that is a band that has taken on a new name. Thistledown Music is a band that I'm currently in. That's a duo with myself and Corey Reasonweber from Pigeon Falls, Wisconsin. The first real band that I was in was called the Original Midwest Grass Band. That band started in 2001 and was based in Eau Claire and then based in Madison. And that consisted of a drummer, myself on mandolin, a guitar, a keyboard, and we didn't have a bass. The keyboard player played the bass. And that was a a great, wonderful group I played with for a few years. We didn't really know how any of the equipment worked (laughs) at all. (laughs) We We would just get to the gigs. We wouldn't even have mic stands. We would just be making mic stands out of sticks and wire and holding the mics on any way we could. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I moved on from that. You mentioned Evergreen Grass Band. That was a bluegrass band that I played with for five years and traveled around the Midwest quite a bit between Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, Iowa, and Missouri region. Recorded one album with them. They went on to record one album without me. I joined a cover band at that point called the JFT Party Band. Been with those guys now for a decade. 
And they've been moving right along. They're a wedding band. They play casinos and nightclubs, bars, county fairs. And I play the bass guitar with them. Along with that band, I'm playing with the Woodland Spring, which is members of the Evergreen Grass Band. And the Woodland Spring consists of myself on the mandolin acoustic guitar and Dan Turner on the bass and Tim Litcher on the acoustic guitar. And we have an album that we're set to drop here in mid-October that we've been recording. That's at least five that you've listed. You also perform sometimes solo, right? Solo. And I did miss the Eggplant Heroes as well, which I was a part of. Pardon me for missing that group. Oh, yeah. You can't miss them. When you got a poet <laughs> laureate as part of your group, you, you got real. Yeah, they had up to eight members at one point in time in their bands. That's quite a lot of people to fit in the Acoustic Cafe. When did you start doing music overall yourself? I mean, when did you start out, you know, bass, mandolin, whatever? Or maybe you were a Suzuki violin kid. I don't know. It goes back to piano lessons at the age of six. Bless my mom and dad for getting me involved real early in that and our church for donating a piano. And we had a little spinet piano in our house and I got to practice on that. I used to say that dinner was withheld, <laughs> but they didn't ever hold dinner, you know. But I did practice diligently, and they did drive me to lessons every single week. I switched piano teachers to get a little more serious about it. I started taking lessons from Leland Kearney, who was a university professor at that point. And I also played the alto saxophone in the high school marching band and the high school band as well. And then I was given a guitar for my third birthday. When you were three years old? No, oh, sorry, sorry. Not third, third birthday. birthday. <laughs> not third birthday. I was in third grade. So that's when I got my first guitar. But I never really played it at all. I just sat in the attic. Were your parents into music a lot? I mean, because you mentioned your church provides your piano. What church was that? It was Grace Lutheran Church. Grace Lutheran. Okay. Yes, my dad was a French horn player. He played organ as well in a rock band. My grandmother played organ in the church for years. You know, French horn in a rock band is no. not real common. Well, no, he played the organ in the rock band. The French horn he played set, set. But there's a song by the Turtles called Earth Anthem where they've got beautiful French horn in it. It's the only pop song I know that includes French horn. I'm sure there are others, but my friend in high school, Betsy, played French horn. And when she heard that song, she's like, oh my God, there's somebody playing French horn besides in the orchestra. Yeah. In a rock band. That's unique. Yes, there's a band in Eau Claire that just came up and they have a bassoon. They're playing Red Hot Chili Peppers with a bassoon. I thought that was quite unique. <laughs> uh, besides my grandmother and father, those are really direct connections to music. I do have quite a musical family on both sides. Numerous relatives who have taught and performed through the years and have a story of two of my distant relatives who lived in Chippewa Falls, who used to do a song and pony show around Wisconsin, and they got quite big after a while. <laughs> they would tell stories about uh, living with them. They were quite a, the eccentric couple, I suppose. Oh, that sometimes makes the best music and stories. Well, let's get started with your songs for your Song of the Soul. How do you want to kick it off? Well, I mentioned wanting to do it in more of a chronological order here, Mark. If we could, I gave you five songs, and chronologically speaking, Back Road Stretches would be the oldest of the five songs. We've got a recording here with the Evergreen Grass Band. The album's called For Sheriff, is that right? Correct. What does that mean, For Sheriff? Sheriff could be a dog's name. It could be because you got arrested for playing the song. I don't know. 
Right, we could be trying to take over the musical community. Yeah. <laughs> for sheriff. Our fiddle player at the time was running for the sheriff of Eau Claire County against Kramer. Okay. <laughs> he was running on a green platform. Well, you said this is chronologically the oldest. How far back is this? What's it from? It's from the first band that I had mentioned, the original Midwest Grass Band. This is a song that I wrote on a steering wheel of a car on Highway 12. I was traveling a lot between Madison and Eau Claire at that time of my life, living in both places and kind of playing music between the two. It's kind of a traveling song. I had just gotten off of a very long trip around the country as well with a member of the band. I was kind of just getting back into the life of having a house (laughs) and not just being on the road constantly. I still play this song to this day. I've recorded this song, and I play this song with three different groups of musicians and solo. This is most likely the song that I played the most times in my life of my original songs. Let's listen to it, folks. We've got Caleb Horn here today for Song of the Soul. This song is Backroad Stretches performed with the Evergreen Grass Band.
Traveling the back road stretches there with Caleb Horn and the band Evergreen Grass Band from their album for Sheriff. I've got links to that on northernspiritradio.org. He's here today for Song and Soul, long anticipated. I've watched his music performances all around the Chippewa Valley here in Wisconsin. I'm so glad to finally have you here. And uh, back road stretches. You're referring to touring a lot now, but you've got a day job now. For how long was music your own? day job and day and night job probably it didn't provide a lot of creature comforts in the way of benefits per se of health insurance uh, but i did music as my sole form of income only for maybe five years and i was still working some temporary jobs at that point but i did rely on music solely for about that long when i said i had gotten off the road We weren't performing as a band on the road. We had taken a hitchhiking trip across the country and train hopping trip. And that was what inspired more of that song was there's a direct reference in the third verse to a city in Arkansas called Hot Springs, Arkansas, which is near and dear to my heart. And uh, that was one of the stops that we made on our trip. And that, in fact, was a, a place that I have returned to a few more times in my life since then. You actually hopped trains, did you? I thought that it was harder to get away with these days. Well, it, it was harder to get off the train than to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what the speed is, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> so how long were you doing this? I, I've done hitchhiking trips across the U.S. back in my youth, but how long were you out there uh, traveling the world? That trip from Eau Claire to Arkansas and then across to New Mexico, up to northern Montana, and then back to Eau Claire was seven months. And the first train that we got on, mostly it was thumbing a ride on the side of the road. And the first train we got on took us a few miles. We got off. We're like, okay, we could try that again. You know, it didn't go too bad. Had a second train we got on was quite awkward because it started going west and then it went south and didn't stop until it got to the middle of Texas. And, <laughs> and, and we were passing... <laughs> Some pretty open country where how are we going to get back to where we started, you know, and uh, they the train finally let us off. And we had something I had never seen in my life was a literal chain gang on the side of the road, prison inmates picking up litter and somebody on a horse. And they had that's where we stopped. And we saw a sign that said hitchhikers might be escaped convicts. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're just trying to get back. <laughs> And that was when my train hopping days were over. After that, that was the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. So, back road stretches. It sounds like when you were with Evergreen Grass Band, they kept you busy a lot of times, playing gigs here and there and everywhere. How busy are you these days? You said this is the busiest that you've ever been with music. It is. This is uh, the busiest. I didn't keep a direct count of my gigs this year, but performing with three different bands solo shows and i also hosted a weekly musicians open mic for the entire summer it was every weekend i was performing thursday friday saturday and sunday for the entire year with the occasional monday show as well or tuesday show i took my wife's birthday off 
<laughs> we took a little vacation. Oh, you're a smart man. But the art of staying relevant in this business is kind of tough sometimes. Without having so many records that I've released, because recently I haven't released much in terms of recorded music, so all I do is play live music. And so that means you're not writing either? I did. The last group of songs that I, that I wrote, we are releasing on a record under the band name The Woodland Spring. We're getting set to release that in mid-October. And that was the last group of songs that I wrote. I kind of go in waves of writing songs. We're three and a half years after the start of COVID. Did COVID shut you down much? It certainly did. And I'm sure that's a pretty much a universal statement. A lot, a lot of people went online right away and, and got their game up that way and did a couple times a week performing that way. Did you do that kind of thing? I did. And we never really got the technology right for that. I never really had the correct equipment <laughs> Or I never put the work into making it sound good. So we just did a couple of live streams. We tried doing a couple of recorded sessions and releasing it out there. But for me, it was never the same as playing live in front of people. And I was scheduled to perform a lot that year of 2020 when COVID hit. And there was many, many canceled gigs so now I'm surprised that I'm playing more than I was before. I, I had thought it would take a little more to ramp up, but it seemed to not just ramp up, but it was like a roller coaster going downhill, how fast people wanted live music to come back. <laughs> right, right. Well, let's go on to some more of your music. You said you're doing a chronological. Backroad Stretches was the first one. Where do we go next? We've already failed our chronological because... Because there's one older Because there's one older than that, but that's okay. We'll go to Flint and Steel Soul. That's the song that was most recently recorded, but it, it would be the oldest song of the group that I wrote. So you wrote it quite a bit back, but you recorded this with Thistledown, which again is Corey Reason Weber. I've had her twice as my guest here for a song of the soul. Do you have a Flint and Steel Soul, and what does that mean? Well, Flint and Steel is some way to make fire, so... I would say I have a fiery soul, yes, and kind of burn hot, <laughs> emotional. Is that why bluegrass particularly appeals to you? I mean, there's something about the speed with which you pluck on that mandolin that makes me think that there's flint and steel going to work there starting a fire. Bluegrass hit me real hard. When I had written this song, I was just kind of getting into bluegrass a little bit, and that was from traveling down south of the United States in the, that region. I was playing a lot down there at that time, too, in Hot Springs, Arkansas, again, is where I wrote this song, actually. Your fire-leaning personality, how else does that show up? You work online, your day job. Is that Do you get to put your fire out there, too? Oh, in my... Uh, Roll when I put my customer service hat on, my nine to five. Well, I have my very corporate personality, but it is me. It is me still, right? I can, you know, I'm allowed to share my little profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's listen in to Flint and Steel Soul by Caleb Horn. It's written by him, performed here with Corey Reason Weber. Together they are Thistledown Music. And here's Flint and Steel Soul. One, two, three, four. Flint and 
at home, you just take care. Not thinking about money, not thinking about time, think I'll sit back, ease my mind. And these thoughts keep coming back to me, flowing like a fountain, trying to be set free. the good fortune of listening to Caleb Horn performing with Corey Reasonweber. Flint and Steel Soul is the song. Together they are Thistledown Music. We've got a link on NorthernSpiritRadio.org. Where did this come from, Caleb? Where did this song originate from? This song was part of a stream of consciousness writing session that I was doing. Of course, that would be just writing your thoughts as they come on paper. Very fluid. Sometimes we would keep a typewriter in our living room, so when we would wake up, if you were still in mid-dream, you could kind of type out your thoughts, and then the next person would is a kind of a group living area, so the next person would kind of type on the typewriter, and you'd be able to go back and see throughout the day, like, oh, that's so cool, what everybody typed. It was kind of, it didn't have anything to do with the paragraph before, but everybody was just like stream of consciousness writing and writing all their thoughts down, and that's kind of where Flint and Steel Soul came from, and I... I just thought it was a really cool grouping of words, and it just kind of popped out on the page. There's just scribble, lines of scribble, lines of scribble, and then little drawings in the corners. You know, you get like, you get on some tangent, you start writing your thoughts, and then I just kept putting my pencil over it, flint and steel soul, so I had probably like carved the letters into the page. 
And then the rest of the song came from wanting to uh, be next to a nice fire at night and the end of a long day, kick your feet up and have a simple life. I'm not sure those two images go together for me, that of a flint and steel soul and, you know, the simple life, kick your feet up. They seem like very different parts. Maybe everybody has multiple parts to them. Simplicity, from my point of view, because I'm Quaker, and there's things called testimonies, which are not like creeds or anything. But Quaker way of living out has always included simplicity, which means focus on what's important in your life and don't fill it up with fluff that just is wasteful. So... When you start out, the simple life, the simple life, I have the idea of, okay, this guy's focused on this. But then Flint and Steel comes in, and you kind of burned up my notions. What does simple life mean to you? I suppose to me it it means being able to end your day with a smile on your face and peace in your heart, knowing that everything is, uh, is right with you and your family and your friends. Folks, we're speaking today with Caleb Horn. He's our guest for Song of the Soul. Our website, northernspiritradio.org. On the site, we've got links to all these groups that Caleb's part of, and for all of the other groups that we've had, all the other individuals we've interviewed over these last 18 years. It's a lot of music, a lot of wonderful musicians all over the U.S. and internationally as well. So check them out on northernspiritradio.org. Post comments on the programs when you visit. Please let us know what you're thinking and who else we should be interviewing and so on. There's also a place to support us. This is full-time work. It's supported by your donations, not by corporations or government, and that's really important to us. We want to focus on our listeners, not on some other constituency that's telling us what to do. Northern Spirit Radio programs are broadcast on some 35 to 45 stations nationwide. You can find those on northernspiritradio.org as well, and please support your local community radio stations. Caleb and I are both very familiar locally with WHYS Radio, where I got my start way back in 2005. Please support them, support local music, support energy that comes from the community as opposed to dictated from above. Please reach out and support them. Again, Caleb Horn is here, and we got more music from you. What do you want to do next? You know, and I, I don't really sit down to write a song ever. I never really say, I'm just going to write a song today. Usually I'm just strumming my guitar, and something comes out of the ether, or I've written one, and then that kind of sparks the inspiration for writing another one. But I don't really sit down ever to write a song. I think Brand New Day is kind of defining of that, is that the lyrics to that song just kind of, I just wrote them down on a piece of paper. I was just really done with it real quick. I think it has a great message, too, to it. The song Brand New Day was written pretty recently in 2018, and we're getting set to release it on an album once again in October here with The Woodland Spring. And this recording that we're listening to, that we're going to listen to, who is this by? This is a demo recording that we did, and we recorded this demo in Mondovi, Wisconsin, and it's myself on the mandolin, Timbo on the guitar, and Dan Turner on the bass, all members of the Woodland Spring, early demo of the song. This isn't what's going to be on your final album, but this is what we've got for the moment. And you just keep your eyes open. Again, I'll have links to Caleb Horn and all different guises on NorthernSpiritRadio.org. But here's a demo version of Brand New Day by The Woodland Spring. Yeah. 
Caleb Horn's song, Brand New Day. You won't find it on any album yet, although you can look for one by The Woodland Spring very shortly. About when should we hope for that? Well, we're doing a show, and that is on October 13th in Eau Claire at the Mousetrap Tavern. We probably will have some for pre-release at that point. It's all ready to go. It's just a matter of getting it on the streaming platforms and getting physical copies out. So mid-October, we have a few shows. There will be, we'll have them there available. Look for the links on org so you can track it down when you want to get a hold of that. You said earlier, Caleb, that bluegrass really took you by storm. You've been playing lots of music before. I mean, you had piano lessons, so you probably learned all of the classic things that people get taught on piano. If you're playing sax, you probably weren't playing Brand New Day, although I really think that you should work the sax into some of these songs. So when did bluegrass get you? What were you into before, and how did you change? Before, I was into more heavy rock and roll. My favorite band in high school was the Smashing Pumpkins, and I listened to some harder rock and roll than that. I also listened to a lot of Beatles when I was growing up, too, and my parents' record collection was anywhere between Ted Nugent, Marshall Tucker. They had a lot of Allman Brothers in their record collections. I listened to a lot of that growing up as well. When I got into Bluegrass, it was an album that was featuring Jerry Garcia and David Grisman called Shady Grove. And that was the album that got me directly into bluegrass material and subsequently into Grateful Dead music. That album I first heard in probably 1998 or 1999. And I hadn't ever played a mandolin before that. I was kind of just thumping around on the acoustic guitar. I was just getting out of high school. I had booked a show at the Acoustic Cafe in downtown Eau Claire, and Billy Krause brought a PA system down for me to use, dropped it off, and it was an old custom PA, vinyl speakers, and he set it up for me, and I was playing these old folk songs out of this folk book, and one of them was called The Blue Room. We'll have a blue room, a new room for two room, and they were old Rogers Hammerstein tunes and that kind of stuff, because... I didn't really know what songs I wanted to play on the acoustic guitar. I just knew I wanted to play some music on the acoustic guitar. My friend had a mandolin, or better yet, my friend's girlfriend had a mandolin that she never played. Nobody ever played it. And I would go over to their house sometimes and I would play it. And this band, they said, well, we need a mandolin player. I said, well, hey, I'm a mandolin player after just looking at the instrument. <laughs> so we, re- we rehearsed in this basement, and I was legitimately learning chords as I was learning songs. And I went, oh, this is how this chord works. Now we can play this song kind of thing. You know, I had no knowledge of it at all, which is kind of a neat way to come into it. And after about a week of rehearsal, we got together and, and we performed. And then I upgraded mandolins, gave the loner mandolin back, and got my own instrument. Now now I've picked up the five-string banjo. I've got one of those at home. I've got a bass at home as well and a guitar. Don't have my saxophone anymore at home. And then with the bluegrass, I was starting to go to some bluegrass festivals as well. First bluegrass festival I went to was in Mellon, Wisconsin. It was called Mellon Jam. That was kind of the pick around the fire all night and play your music all night long and just get fully immersed in this, this music that I was 
completely new to it and just overjoyed with. It was like music of the swamps, music of the sticks, very natural, very organic music. And you didn't need any amplifiers. You just needed your instrument. And that was it. It was great. Sounds like a great experience and one that fires the soul, your flint and steel soul. Well, let's go on to more music. What's next? So next is a song that I wrote called 20 Years song that again is a part of a grouping of songs that is set to be released and not available to the public yet but will be available in mid-october this song features three verses and a chorus and is a reflection on at the time it was a reflection on the last 20 years looking back of playing music and how it had been a defining part of my life it's been a little longer than that now since i wrote the song about five years ago the line I like the most in this song is, time's the sweetest killer of them all. When I listen to this song, I'm not sure if it's upbeat or depressing. I mean, you know, you could, I can look at it both ways. In part, you're talking about the downside of the past years. And I think you're saying you're in a better place. But those past 20 years were really great places, too. I'm, I'm just, so I'm not really sure. What's your take on it? Yeah, I suppose it's a realistic song in terms of there being the dark side to the light sometimes, knowing that there's another side, always. In this song, it feels like you're resolving not to do what you did in the past. I don't know if you were really a gambler. I guess you're, anybody who hops on trains is taking chances. But do you see yourself as a gambler? Do you see yourself as giving up something in the past? Or, or is it just coming to fruition now, for all I know? Yeah. You're not always gambling with money. Right. So you could be gambling with fate, gambling with destiny, life, and rambling kind of is a notion of just putting one step in front of the next and without thinking about the next day, you know, rambling on kind of thing. and. You wrote this a few years before you actually got married, for instance. Yes. Is that an end to rambling? I mean, I think that you've gone a different direction in your life. Is that true? Yeah, certainly. I uh, love the direction my life is in right now. There's parts where I wouldn't take it back for the world. The last uh, parts of my life, there's been learning opportunities and introspection. Sometimes I have gone so far as to feel like I didn't deserve this second maybe chance that I've got to live and better my life and in turn better everyone around me. But I think that I am deserving of it as we all are. Let's listen to Caleb Horn's song, 20 Years. It's now 25 years into this life of music and dissolution and excitement and creativity. The song is 20 years, and this will be released, I believe, on the album by the Woodland Spring in the next month or something. I've had a life of second chances, bittersweet romances. Time to find out just where I stand. After years of misconceptions, lies in the deceptions, find myself right back where I began. I've been a gambler 
the sweetest killer of them all So I say again I'm sorry Seems to be my story Hope there's someone to catch me when I fall Never gonna waste my time again Get to the other side if I can song 20 years is going to be released before too long by the woodland spring just keep looking on the links that i'll have on northern spirit radio well we got one song left to share and i'm not sure it's the most upbeat of your songs this one for me is uh fairly interesting too you've got a lot of bluegrass in your bones these days and the next one i think is less bluegrass than the rest it is and (sighs) I have some more unreleased material that really strays far from the bluegrass realm. I like that. Don't want to pigeonhole myself into just playing one sort of music at all. Tell me about Father. I got to play the electric guitar solo in this song. 
Oh, that's you. Okay. <laughs> and that was a fun start. It is kind of more of a, a rock feel of a song than the other ones have a maybe backbeat on the two and the four. Instead, this one is is a driving song. I wanted to put drums on this song for the the release, but in the end, we didn't. We just released it as an acoustic song. This song, I mean, it pretty much tells a story in itself. The lyrics are pretty... They don't really beat around the bush too much. They just paint a picture of losing someone in your life. Is it autobiographical? Yes. So I think that means you lost your father along the way. My mother died when I was nine, and that's been a big hole in my life. What's your experience with your father? Yes, I lost my father in 2005. I was 24. It was a hard loss for the family. I think my younger sisters, who were still in the house, they they took it a lot harder than I. But I know it caused a complete like rift in the direct family unit when that happened, and kind of got split at that point. It hasn't really completely healed since, so it's hard to recover. But I think in writing this song was to also memorialize and look back at the good times. But Sure was my biggest fan. He came to every single one of my shows. Like I said, he would drive me to piano lessons. And My dad died in 95. I was 41. He had had emphysema and had been homebound for the last three years of his life. We knew things were coming. But... He finally decided to go off oxygen. I got a call from my sister saying he's coming home from the hospital. He had broken his hip. Uh, So I thought, oh, he's healing. But it turned out he was coming home in order to go off oxygen and die. So I sat down when I got word call from her the next day. I found out he was coming home to die. I'm up here in Eau Claire and there in Oconomowoc, four-hour drive. I wrote a song that morning. And I thought he was going to be dead before I could even get there. But he was still alive at the end of the day. My wife and I hopped in the car, drove down. We sang the song to him. I performed it on my guitar, singing it to him. It was one of his last conscious memories. My relationship with my father was mixed. It was troubled. What about your relationship with your father? How was it? How close? Far? Well, without, I mean, getting into it too much, uh, he was my biggest supporter. He was my biggest fan. He, he came to all of our shows but he had an issue with drugs. There was some prescription drugs and alcohol. So that was, I mean, that kind of kept him sort of at bay from me. After a while, he wasn't, he wasn't able to really, I think, be the father he wanted to be because of drugs, most likely. And in the end, they took his life. But he was, I mean, definitely my biggest inspiration for being in music, the one who got me involved in music yeah most people in our lives as incredible as they may be they usually bring mixed gifts to them and it sounds like he did that for you well folks we're going to finish caleb horn's song of the soul the song about his father to his father remembering his father it is called father it hasn't been released yet again i believe it's going to be released by the woodland spring yep mid-october So we'll try and link that up on NordenSpiritRadio.org. Caleb, thanks so much for coming out. I'm glad you didn't get hit by the rain that's just falling right now outside. You got in the house dry. It's so good to see you in person. 
and congratulations on your marriage congratulations on the upcoming album and congratulations on a life of music thank you and thank you for having me out at uh, your beautiful abode again this is caleb horn the song is father i hope you join us next week for song of the soul here's father
pictures hung upon the wall loved one's faces I still recall you're gonna need a little help when a life of sorrow is all you dealt you're gonna need be felt you're gonna need a little help when a life of sorrow is all you dealt you're gonna need a little help some comfort here to be felt The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.